Yeah, and so to that point, let's segue into really the first question, and, and maybe it should be amended a little bit. I was going to ask what do these three games say about Coach Silas, about Stephen Silas, but I know you wrote in Gallery Sports, uh, gallerysports.com, a moment really keying in on a moment that was a bad look for the Rockets as as player, the players themselves uh, primarily, but then also a, a bad look for – the coaching staff, namely Steven Silas, uh, a moment in the third quarter where uh, Kevin Porter Jr. scores on a Euro step, uh, scores on a, on a layup, and it's a, so it's, it's a made bucket essentially, and they allow Trey Jones, which which Jones brother is? Is it Trey Jones? Or yeah, I get the I get to, uh, the the Jones brothers mixed up, but Trey Jones to go straight up the middle of the court, like not even taking like a particular angle or like a, this amazing athletic play, but he goes just straight down the court. And then something that they teach you in, 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 in little league in in bitty ball in, in, in middle school is to stop ball, you know, and that's in transition, much less off of a made basket. And he's able to go coast to coast. I think Jabari Smith tries to make an effort there at the end, but it seems like maybe he didn't expect to have to be the one to stop ball in that moment. And it's just, it's just an ugly moment. And, I'll go back to prefacing this question, like back to your point that you just made in the open there of, hey, they talked two days in a row about not being low, playing with high energy, or at the very least not playing with low energy. And then this is the effort that you see from them in, with the Spurs. And then that particular play is a moment where, you know, last podcast or maybe the one before that, I, I pointed out a particular moment that was great to watch you know, where they're playing defense and they're getting buckets on transition and they're throwing lobs to the, the guards or throwing, you know, catching lobs. But it's like, hey, this is the antithesis of that. You know, um, what 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 did you think that that moment may maybe said about the coaching staff, kind of to your point about this being the type of thing that could get a coach fired? I don't know if part of it is the coaching staff. I'll get to that in a second. But it was just it's just such a complete lack of focus and a complete lack of attention to detail. And Trey Jones on that play that's Porter's man, but Porter's behind the play because he just made the layup. So you are relying on your teammates to pick you up. And they had four guys back. You know, the the other four guys, Gordon, Shingun, Green, and, and Smith are all back. They're in front of the ball as it crosses half court, and nothing happens. No one says, you got ball. No one points anything out. And it, they just allow Trey Jones just to go straight to the rim. And it's just, first of all, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing basketball to play the game that way. But you saw Silas immediately call a timeout. And, you know, you have Mike Batiste pointing it out, and he's, you know, leaning back in his chair on the bench. John Lucas just stands up in disgust watching this, and Silas calls a timeout. And for me, and this is one of those corny coaching things, but when you, as a head coach, when you see that happen and you're playing the way that you're playing the entire game, you got to do something. And I thought that it was a mistake to let those five guys go back out on the floor again. And I'm not saying you hold them out the rest of the game, but you got to shake it up a little bit because you basically, that's a lack of effort, lack of, like I said, attention to detail, lack of focus, all that stuff. And you just sent the message that, okay, he's just going to call timeout and he's going to talk to us. And then we're just going to go back in the game and it'll all be like normal. I don't think you can do that with a young group like this. And I think sometimes you got to, you got to play the bad cop. And you got to sit somebody down just as an example so that they know this isn't going to fly. You know, 
we can talk about rebuilds and being young and all that sort of stuff. That's not a young mistake. That's a lazy mistake. That's lazy basketball. That's not caring. And if you want to grow to be something more than what they are right now, which is nine and 21, you can't do that sort of stuff. And, it, and it's not the first time that it's happened either. So for me, it was a missed opportunity by Silas to really put his foot down and say, you know what? No, we're not playing like this. And the problem that you have with rebuilds is that basically, and this is your starting five too. This, this is supposed to be your five best guys. And you basically hand those guys minutes. All those guys have just been handed their minutes. They haven't had to work for anything. Jalen Green's number three pick in the draft. He hadn't had to work for his minutes. He's gotten his minutes. He knows he's going to start every game. Kevin Porter Jr. is you know, basically been anointed by the front office by getting the big contract extension. He's going to start every game. He doesn't have to earn his minutes. Eric Gordon is the vet. He's going to get his minutes. Jabari Smith Jr. is the third pick in the draft. I think I said Green was the, the third pick in the second pick in the draft. Jabari Smith Jr., third pick in the draft. He's going to start every single game. Alperin Shengun, he's basically going to start every single game. So these are not guys who have to earn minutes, yet they allowed that play to happen. And for me, that's inexcusable. And at some point, you have to start holding guys accountable. And for me, that would have been sitting that group down, maybe not for the rest of the game, but at least for a couple minutes because that second group played so well and they played so hard, they shouldn't have to watch the starters basically waste the effort that they made to get the team back into the game, digging them out from the hole that the starters put them in in the first place. Yeah, man, going back to the point that you just made about it not being a young mistake, uh, again, I want to reiterate this. You learn to stop ball in transition, but certainly off of a made basket. You, you learn to at least stop the ball or make the ball handler change direction at the very least. You learn that the, like the first time you play organized five-on-five basketball. You know, far, far longer or far before you get to the NBA. So I don't care if it's your first NBA game. You know, you, if you've played organized basketball for long enough, that's that's a that would be inexcusable for a high school team. So much less for 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 guys who, like you mentioned, are NBA players, starters, and have been essentially given their minutes based off of their status, draft, and or veteran status. So, but. Thing that stood out to me, or the thing that I that I kind of think about when we talk about Silas in this moment is, you know, we talked about it in a in a positive light the last time when when Silas was out and uh, with the death of his father and John Lucas had come in, and one of the things that I sort of tongue in cheek and jokingly raved about was the emotion and the fire that you saw from John Lucas from the sideline, which, as you pointed out, is something that you get from him all the time. Uh, just because that's how he's oriented and that's what his personality is. Um, and, it, and it was in a, in a positive light here because they won the game and they were playing well. But the other side of that with with Steven Silas and when we talk about him, and this is one of the things that you noted in your piece, is that sometimes you got to just get angry. You know, like I, I, like I love that he's even killed and he doesn't get too angry or too sad. He doesn't get too hyped and too happy and too, you know, too high or anything like that. He's just an even keel personality, but sometimes the moment calls for a little fire. And I know we got a technical foul in one of these games and, and we eventually have seen him get thrown out of a game, which is kind of, you know, funny given his, his personality, but, but I do, I do feel like some of that is needed and that's, that is lacking and perhaps wouldn't be as needed with a team that, maybe doesn't struggle as much with focus or has more 
experience or or you know veteran leadership on it you know aside from eric gordon but this one as young as it is you know they showed that graphic of them being you know the rockets being by far the team that plays the 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 most guys under the most players under age 23 or 20 whatever the age was that the graphic showed during the game um against the spurs like they're by far basically the youngest team or playing the youngest players and so it, it just seems like sometimes from an from an accountability standpoint, you need to kind of shake the table a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you partly. Um, Silas is who he is. And I think that it's dangerous as a head coach or really as, as any sort of a coach to try and be someone who you're not because players see right through that. And that's where you that's when you lose locker rooms is when you start trying to be someone else. So I, I don't think that Silas can try to be John Lucas and yell and scream and all that sort of stuff because that's just not who he is. And I think that people stop taking you seriously when you start acting like someone that you're not. But I do think that there are ways to send a message without yelling and screaming and all that sort of stuff. And that's where you get into minutes. And that's where you get into benching guys. And if if you want to send a message to someone, you can sit him down without yelling at him and he'll get the message pretty clear. At least I would think that, hey, you can't play this way and expect to play. And sometimes it's it's a silent message, but it's a message. And I think that sometimes is what you need to do with young players if they aren't going to play with the right amount of energy and force that it takes to win an NBA game. Because some, something one of the best quotes that I've heard really all season was by Lucas after they beat Milwaukee. And the quote was, we hide behind, we're young. We're not great, but we're better than young. And I think so often these guys tend to hide behind the whole thing. Like Lucas said, oh, we're young. It's okay. We lost the game. The, that doesn't mean that you can just not play with energy just because you're young. That's not going to fly. And Jalen Green had a quote early in the year, and it was one of those like really mature quotes when he said it. And you're like, okay, yeah, this, this is right. Basically saying, we're in a rebuild. You know, we're young. We're in a rebuild. There are no losses with this team. There are wins, and then there's learning lessons. That sounds great, but what lessons are you actually learning? Because we saw basically the same thing in the second half against Portland. There was no lesson learned because they the same way that they played in the second half against Portland is how they played the entire game against San Antonio. So you can talk about, hey, you know, we're just here. We're going to win or we're going to learn lessons. But are you putting the lessons to good use? Because to me, when you're seeing them lose games the exact same way, where you're seeing them play without any energy, without any effort, without any focus in back-to-back games, then it tells me you're not learning a lesson. And that's where development and the way that they've built the roster, that's where that becomes a problem. And that's when a two-year rebuild becomes a 15-year rebuild, in, in essence. You know what it reminds me of, actually? It reminds me of when we were here talking about Remember the back-to-back games in Denver mm-hmm. when they when they lost the first one and it was like okay sure and then the second one it's the exact same thing you're like okay how do you not respond a little bit better at least a little bit better than that how is it the exact same thing like and and maybe maybe watching them play well you know recently up until this three-game stretch here the the the, the progress that it seemed that they had made uh, this is kind of a, feels like a step back into into what it was looking like in that in that little stretch there, what they did in Denver. Yeah, but at least in that first Denver game, they competed and they played hard. 
And then the second game was just a bad one. You're going to have, you're going to have bad games in an NBA season. And maybe, maybe last night was that, but to lose in the exact same manner on Monday as you lost on Saturday, that's not growth. And that's not youth. That's just not playing hard. And you can watch, I, I urge everyone just go watch that clip that we're, that we talked about in the third quarter where it's a nice move by Porter. It's a really nice move by Porter. Eurostep and finish over a really good shot blocker in Jakob Pertl. And then to let them inbound the ball, no one even points at the basketball. Nobody even points at Trey Jones. They just let him go. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing basketball. And that's the sort of stuff that cannot be tolerated at this level. 